Welcome to Kingdom Leadership. In Matthew 20 and 25, Jesus called his disciples together and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentile lord over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not that way among you, but whosoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. God has called us to lead in a way that serves others and advances the kingdom of God. Please join our hosts as they discuss scriptures, principles, and strategies for leading in a way that brings glory to God and blesses you and those you serve. You may also visit us online at IamAKingdomLeader.com to submit your questions or access past episodes. Let's go. I want to welcome everyone both locally here in the local area here near Frisco, Texas, and around the world. I want to welcome the Life Changing Nation to our Wednesday night Bible study. So glad you prioritized time. I know the debate is on, but you can take time out, and I thank you for taking time out to be a part of tonight's Bible study. You will not regret it. We have the Leadership Training Institute of Life Changing Faith with us tonight. LTI, as we call them for short, a powerful group of, of women and, and our elder who, who lead us in, in, in how to live and lead like Jesus. In fact, their mission is equipping, listen to this, this language, equipping and inspiring others to lead like Jesus in all facets of ministry and life. I can personally testify that our Leadership Training Institute has taught me so much, continuing to challenge what I thought was necessary and, and challenge what I thought was right to make me think clearer and, and lead better as I lead our church here in life-changing faith. And their vision, what they hope to see in me and in you and in others, they hope to see healthy servant leaders that role model a culture of learning, growing, and the building of other leaders. Thank God for Leadership Training Institute. We need godly training on how to lead like God. And so tonight we have with us the Leadership Training Institute. We have Dr. Arlene Green. We have uh, Elder Charles Brazil. And we have Karen Abram, who's going to serve as our moderator tonight. I just thank God for this team. And I thank God for you, Life Changing Nation, for tuning in tonight. You're going to hear some things that are going to challenge you. I know they challenged me. And they're going to help us move forward in the things of God, not just in a difficult time like we have in COVID, but in life in general. And so with no further ado, I want to give you our moderator for tonight, the woman of God, Karen Abram. Well, thank you so much, Pastor, and hello, Life Changing Nation. We are so glad that you can join us this evening. If you joined us last month, you will recall that our topic was faith over fear. And if you are able to see us, you will see that we all have on our faith over fear shirts. Don't you like them? Doesn't our pastor and panels look victorious this evening in their t-shirts? And I might even say that you all have that abundant living look, even. Oh, hey, man. Well, well, that is what we are here to talk about this evening, abundant living. Mm -hmm. And what a way to kick it off with that wonderful praise and worship from our men of faith, giving glory to Jesus. Now, that's what I call abundant living, mind, body, and spirit. We want this to be a very engaging and interactive discussion. So we will be asking you, Life Changing Nation, some very direct questions, but also feel free to express yourself as well in the comment section. And we'll try our best to make sure that we answer your comments or address your statements. 
Our goal this evening is that all of us leave this Bible study with a battle plan for living a more abundant life. Amen. Are we all okay with that? Yes, ma'am. Well, then, so let's, let's get going. We're going to start this by asking Life Changing Nation a question. And we want all of you to interact with us by responding via the comment section. So here's the question. What does an abundant life look like to you? What does an abundant life look like to you? You go ahead and start typing your responses in the comments. And while you are typing your responses, I'm going to share what Wikipedia from Google says about abundant life. It says the term abundant life comes from the Bible verse, John 10, 10, which also just happens to be our focal scripture for this evening. Reading from the New King James Version, it says, the thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. When you look at the definition of abundance, it states a very large quantity of something, yeah. which means more abundantly translates into having a super abundance of a thing. So I'm going to ask our panelists first off, um, what does an abundant life look like to you? Uh, who wants to respond first to that? I volunteer Elder Brazil to begin tonight. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Lord, praise the Lord. You know, the definition that I saw that I liked, Karen, was abundant life refers to life in its abounding fullness mm. of joy and strength mm -hmm. of mind, body, and soul. Most of the time we think abundance, we think stuff. But stuff means nothing if this body mm. isn't functioning. If I don't have wind to breathe if my body can't move. Yes. So an abundance of joy in your mind, your body, and your soul. Hmm. Amen. Amen. Dr. Green. Dr. Green. Yeah. Uh, I like this being uh, told. When <laughs> you got to be ready. I like it. Um, in season and out know, of season. In season and out. Exactly. You know, when I think of abundant living, uh, Karen, the scripture you shared around John 10, 10, um, you know, that Jesus came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. In that chapter 10, Jesus talks about he is the good shepherd and we are his sheep and the good shepherd lays down his life for mm. the sheep. Um, so when I think about an abundant life, it means that I'm living a life that is covered and protected by the good shepherd. What could I possibly need? My good shepherd is all sufficient. Amen. He's all knowing. He's all powerful. Um, anything I could possibly need, protection, security, he has. Amen. So I feel like abundant life, I live an abundant life because my shepherd, who is guarding me, protecting Amen. me, guiding Amen. me, feeding me, is all sufficient. So Amen. my abundance is because I have it in him, because he's providing it, because of who my shepherd is. Um, and there was one scripture that I found that I hadn't read before, but it was 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. And it said, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that always having all sufficiency in Amen. everything, yes, you may have an abundance for every good deed. So that tells Amen. me that everything God's asked me to do, everything in his will, every good deed he puts before me, He's provided what I need for that in abundance. And to me, that's abundant living. You can live with a confidence um, mm. that God is with you. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. I know from um, when I was wrestling with this topic tonight, which is a powerful topic in my opinion, um, as a believer, I, I gravitate toward, like we all do, you know, uh, to the word of God to find abundance. But there are people who may be watching tonight who are not believers and an abundant life could mean anything to them. So I, wanna, I wanted to offer uh, a, a broad, and, and, and Karen went in and talked about available, abundant being available in large quantities, uh, plentiful, um, abundant being more than enough, and then life being vitality, vigor, and energy. And, and I like this one part about the definition of life being a particular type of existence. So the question came to my mind, what type of existence or life do you want in large quantities? Mm -hmm. um, and and, and I, I suspect that we're all experiencing an aspect of life in large quantities. For me, the question was, am I experiencing in large quantities the kind of life I want to experience in large quantities? And then, and then clearly it points to Christ being the source of satisfying, not just abundant, but satisfying life. So abundant life for me is large quantities of spending time with Angelia and Ashley, large quantities of eating collard greens and lemonade, large quantities of shouting his glory, just large quantities of the kind of life I want to live in abundance. And, it's, and it, it, it finds itself uh, you know, I didn't know we were poor until we got a color TV and I saw Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> and I was wondering why that brother wore his church clothes to dinner. Didn't quite understand any of that. And and so my definition of, of abundance started getting shaped. Um, but now that I'm older, I look back before the color TV and I realized I was already living what I found, what I was trying to achieve. I was already living the abundant life and and as one of the LT, I already said, it's got nothing to do with stuff. And, and that's this study tonight. Can't wait to get further. Thank you for that. You know, and let's look at some of the comments that our viewers have said. We've got peace of mind mm. in Jesus. Yes. Uh, Ed Olden says, no lack, no lack of anything. Uh, Latoya Jones shared, it used to look like lots of money. Used to look like, but now it's a wealthy spirit. God will add everything to you. I like that. We're going to talk about the spirit tonight. Contentment, peace, and joy again, never ending, infinity, mm. overflowing with no lack of spiritual or physical. Wow. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Yes. You know, and all of that is going in the right direction. You know, I look another way to look at abundant life is what we receive as a gift from the Lord and mm. to live knowing that we are stewards of his blessings of God. We know we have an abundant life yes. when we have shared our life with others. When we have enough of the blessings of God, the mercy, the peace, the love, the grace, the wisdom to share it with others and then actually do it, that's mm. when we truly know that we have abundant life. We're blessed to be a blessing mm. to others. And when we leave, when we live this way, we become conduits of the blessing of God. We should continually be pouring out into others what God is pouring out into us. So isn't that, isn't that what life is all about, an abundant living? So I want to transition us to our sub-themes of abundant life, the mind, body, and spirit. We're going to kind of go a little deeper into that. 
And I wanna start it off by referencing 2 Peter 3.18. And as Peter puts it, a Christian's life revolves around growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This verse suggests that the abundant life is a process, mm. a process of learning, meaning educating our mind with who Christ is, practicing or physically acting with our body upon our purpose, and maturing, growing in the spirit. So abundant living, in my opinion, is intentional and on purpose. All of those words that you just heard are action words. Educate, practice, mature. You have to make it happen. It's a choice. So how do you make it happen? Well, let's start with the word mind. I'm going to cover the word mind, and then uh, Elder Charles is going to cover the body, and then Dr. Green's going to cover the spirit. So the first point that I want to address regarding the mind comes from one of my favorite scriptures, 2 Timothy 1.7. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. What is meant here by a sound mind? Well, I'm gonna to try to break this down like pastor would and help me out pastor if I don't pronounce this correctly. But a sound mind comes from the Greek word sophronismos. Go ahead on sister. That's all right, did I get it right? Sophronismos, you gotta go nismos. You know. Nismos, there you okay. Go. Which means self-control, self-discipline mm. over mm. your thought life or even having good judgment. So we're here in 2 Timothy, where Paul is writing Timothy this letter filled with love, concern, and encouragement that Timothy will need to carry on the responsibility of his calling to lead the church in spreading the gospel. So now Paul knows that Timothy will need to counter his natural tendency of quietness and timidity by remembering that the spirit of God lives within him. That spirit will empower Timothy with a sound mind. Glory to God. The sound mind that Paul speaks of is a mind under the control of mm. God's Holy Spirit. In the sense of self-discipline, the word sophronismos denotes careful, rational, sensible thinking. Having a sound mind requires a thought process, something intentional or purposeful, based on the wisdom and clarity that God imparts on us rather than manip being manipulated by fear. So my second point comes from Romans 12, 1 to 2. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this mm. world, but be transformed by the renewal mm. of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So the word of God encourages us to cultivate a healthy, renewed mind that can process right thinking based yes. on God's truth. And this Roman chapter 12 actually marks that transition in this epistle from Paul, Paul teaching theologically in chapters 1 through 11 to practical teaching starting in verse 12. And what Paul is talking about is since we have been the, given the gracious recipients of God's great mercies, we are to be his living sacrifices to God. How do we do this? By not conforming to the world, but by being transformed by the renewal of our minds. A living sacrifice to God is one who does not conform, but is transformed. As 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have, have come. Wow. We are not yes, to be conformed man. to the world, we're to be transformed by having our minds renewed. 
The mind is the key to the Christian life. Our thinking must be changed or transformed mm. from old ungodly ways of thinking into new godly ways of thinking. What we know in our minds is to be true, forms a conviction in our hearts of that truth. And then that conviction in our hearts transforms or translates into action. So therefore we must first renew our minds, every thought that stands in opposition to God's way and God's word will end up as trivial if we'll learn to use God's word as our thought filter. We take thoughts captive when we use God's word as our thought filter. Mm. So I know I've said a lot. So I'm going to open this up to our panel here and get their thoughts. So what are your thoughts here around the mind? How do you think the mind relates to having an abundant life? Or do you have thoughts on how can we strengthen our abundance through the mind? Anyone want to share their thoughts there? I think that the mind is, is the center. It is the catalyst for what I do in my life. Um, it controls every aspect of my being. What I receive externally controls how things manifest within me. And with that scripture, Karen, I wonder why does the Bible, why does God tell us to renew our minds mm. daily? Mm -hmm. So in order to renew my mind daily, it's getting a fresh dose mm. of God daily fresh to dispel yeah. all of that stuff that the world puts on me to kick it out and to, to reset my mind with God each and every day and just meditate there. Yeah. I like that fresh dose. Write me that prescription, right? Come on, sister. <laughs> look here now. Look here now. <laughs> that, that fresh dose, that, that transformation, uh, it is impossible to achieve any of the peace and, and living and life that the Bible offers with the mind I was born with. Uh, it has to be renewed. It has to be changed. It has to be transformed. And you made so many powerful points to both of you so far. Just looking at uh, Philippians 4, 6 through 7, and once I allow this transformation, once I let go of myself mm. and stop idolizing me and my way of thinking mm -hmm. and realize that his ways are way above my thoughts, way above mine and that I could actually lean not to my own understanding, even though I carry it with me everywhere I go in my frontal lobe, I can literally be in the presence of my thinking, but choose to lean not. And then if I do the Philippians four, six through seven says, I'll be able to do this, be anxious mm -hmm. for nothing. What be anxious for nothing, but in everything, everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god not even yourself and the bible says if we do that from a renewed mind a transformed mind perspective then we'll achieve mind abundance an abundant life in our mind it says once we do that and the peace of god which surpasses all comprehension and I love that surpasses all comprehension because sometimes we're happy and we think we shouldn't be. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and sometimes, you know, 
a little bit of guilt comes over you. I read something that um, Dr. Green put out the other day, just powerful. I have so many sources that talked about if you're, if you're feeling happy right now and you're feeling excited, but then all of a sudden you feel a little guilty, don't worry about the guilt part because what you're experiencing is a, a peace from God that has literally surpassed your comprehension. That doesn't mean to reject it. It just means to understand its source. And then it says, surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus, the locus, the beginning, the foundation of abundant life has to be the mind. And it can't be the mind that I was born with on March 15th, way back when Jesus was a boy. But it's got to be the one that comes from being exposed to the word of God. Mm -hmm. As you were describing that, it, it made me think of an example in my life on it. Just I know your minds can be transformed. Like that can really, that really does happen. That can really happen. Yes. It has happened to me. I just, I was thinking back on when I was first working um, in a professional job and I really thought I was right on some things. Like I, and I really thought my job was to let my leader know what was right. You know, what we needed to do, how we needed to do it. Um, you know, trying to help is what I honestly thought. And I thought I had the right to do that. Um, and it wasn't until I was in a performance discussion where he was like, I, I pretty much need you to do what I say do, or I don't need you on the team anymore. Oh that was how tough the discussion was that I said, okay, maybe my way is not the right way. <laughs> and I happened to be at a Bible study with some very wise people. And they led me to scriptures like God establishes all authority. Mm, so if he established authority and you're not submitted to it, mm. you're essentially not submitted to God. You know, it led me to scriptures that it's, it does you no good to anger the king. You know, real thought transformations that were totally different than the thoughts I had. And by kind of renewing my mind daily and mo many times a day, usually, um, I just have so much peace in working with all leaders, all time. I mean, because I'm submitted to their authority, I respect their authority. So it just... What I, would you say it could transform your mind and give you peace so that I can work with, you know, just about anyone and really enjoy it? Um, so your mind can be transformed because mine literally was transformed in that area by the daily renewal that Elder Charles talked about. Yeah. And some of the comments here from some of our viewers, Jackie DaCosta says, yes, renewing the mind enables us to focus more on the Lord. Yes. Um, Theo asked the, the question, what is the goal of transformation? So we talk about transforming the mind. What is the goal of transformation? Isn't becoming a new being? Yes. Be more a like Christ. Christ. Yes. Yeah. Be more like Christ. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to move on to our next topic about the body and how it relates to an abundant life. And I'm going to turn it over to Elder Charles here to speak on this topic. Elder Charles? So when we think about abundant living, when we think about the body, what does that mean, life-changing nation? What does it mean to have an abundance of, of health, an abundant body and health, right? So one of the things that I put down as an answer to that question is at any birthday, we are healthy, we are youthful, we are attractive and alive. And the term attractive does not necessarily mean 
aesthetically pleasing hmm. to others, it means that when I look in the mirror, am I happy? Hmm. Am I content with what I see? Hmm. Right? I looked at Genesis 1 and 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them rule. So we are made in the image of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And oh, yes, we were given authority to rule over fish and birds and all that other stuff. But the authority that we want to have in, in ruleship, if you will, mm. is over this physical body. Because far too often we allow our body to rule over us. Come on, boy. I don't feel like doing that. I don't feel like doing this thing. No, we should tell our body, get up, move, do something. Do we realize, life-changing nation, that our bodies are the hands, the feet, the mouthpiece of Christ? Mm -hmm. That's why God created this body so that we can share the gospel of his son here on earth. If this body is not healthy, how are we going to embrace someone? How are we going to nurture and hug and smile at someone if our body is not healthy? I like also Psalm 139 and 14. I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and mm. wonderfully made. Mm. Wonderful are your works and my soul knows it very well. So if I am fearfully and wonderfully made, no matter my composition, no matter how I look, no matter my skin color, I am wonderfully made in what? The image of the Father, the Son, mm. and the Holy Spirit. Here is something also, and, and I like what Sister Karen had about Romans 12 and 1. That is one of my notes as well. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice, mm -hmm. acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. We are to be the hands, the mouthpiece, the feet of God. We cannot forget that. But we also must be wise and value this temple that God has given us because the Holy Spirit of God dwells in this temple and moves through us. We cannot forget that. We are not our own. We have been bought and paid for with a price. And that price is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Here is something that I thought about also. When we suffer under too much stress, too mm. little exercise, a poor diet, Come on sleepless nights, insufficient water, fresh air, sunlight, or fasting, we are allowing a buildup of toxins, toxic waste to take over our body. And it creates premature aging in our bodies. Mm. We can't do that. So when that happens, when premature aging gets into our bodies, then we are starting to die off. Do we realize, life-changing nation, that God did not create this body to die? No. This body only began to die no. when oh, sin entered the world. That blew me away when I, when I saw that. If you go to Genesis 5, 21 through 27. Take your time, right? Bro. Enoch, this dude Enoch, at the age of 65, became a dad. 
At the age of 65, he became the father of Methuselah. And then Enoch, now hear this, Enoch walked 300 years mm -hmm. with Christ. 300 years. And as he was walking with Christ, Enoch just walked right on into heaven, yep. as the Bible said. Mm -hmm. So 365 years, and I read just uh, the other day, a young lady celebrated her 107th birthday on yeah. Facebook. Mm -hmm. 107. Can you imagine how our bodies are feeling at age 65, age 80, at age 92, which my grandmother is? Mm. And this dude was 365? Mm. God did not create this body to die. Amen. We, by allowing stress and all of these toxins to build up in our bodies are creating premature aging in our bodies. Wow. We have to take control of our bodies. And the only way we can do that is what Sister Karen said. We've got to take this mind and let this mind control this physical body so that we can continue to be the hands, the feet, the mouthpiece of the Lord Jesus Christ. Dr. Green, give us some spirit, some soul. Well, I would say that is so helpful uh, and convicting. At the same time. <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> if you all know Elder Charles, he will hold you accountable. If you try yeah. to share something, you try that's to do right. That's why I right. that topic. I don't feel too guilty. Uh, no, <laughs> man. He will hold you accountable to it. And I think sometimes we honestly don't give our physical health enough priority because we don't think of it as the hands and, you know, the hands of Jesus Christ that yeah. he gave us this body so it could be in service to, to others, to our yeah, own good. lives, to our family, to our friends. We don't necessarily think of it that way. So I think a lot of times, and maybe even more so with believers, we tend to kind of put it at the bottom of the list, mm. you know, because we think, oh, well, if I'm maybe doing ministry or, or other things, it's not as important when really it all works together to your point. Um, and when you're not, I know, I feel like this when I'm not feeling well and stress is, you know, they say stress will kill you. Everything. And we yeah. know that African-Americans have a, have a lower life expectancy. Let's just yeah. start with that. So we know it can kill you. And when you're not feeling well, I mean, you're not good for yourself. You're not good for others. So certainly we deal with health challenges that we can't um, necessarily control, but there's a lot more in our control than we probably actually take control of. Like we use our mind to govern a lot of other areas of our life, but as believers, do we use it to govern our physical bodies as well? I could say I've not done mm. as much of that as I need to. And that would- You're not by yourself. Yeah, not at all. Not at all. You know, it's, it's so appropriate for uh, Iron Man, Elder Charles to, <laughs> <laughs> to to speak on this part, and I, I dare say, Karen, you've probably just heard straight from the Holy Spirit to have him do this one, because he's one of those weird guys that gets up like four thirty or five o'clock in the morning and deliberately puts himself through torture. Yeah. But then it builds the body. This First Corinthians six nine nineteen through twenty. Uh, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you? whom you have from God and that you are not your own. Elder, you referred to this earlier. For you have been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God 
in your body. Thinking about the temple, our, our you know, the building, our church, and, and uh, located in the heart of Frisco, Texas, we have maintenance schedule. Uh, we have a brother who is diligent about making sure every nook and cranny, and then some beautiful things are happening even now. Just we are very deliberate about making sure that building is. We make sure the the parking lot is paved every couple of years, so the stripes pop. The black is deep. You know, we do all these amazing things, changing the light bulbs, painting different chair railing. And then I looked at the mirror, Elder, and I saw uh, my COVID pouch. Uh, <laughs> praise the Lord. That, uh, that was there before COVID. And that's the problem. Um, that's the whole, I, I, I can't blame, I can't blame. This was one of the, the most difficult parts because I'm not my own. He chooses to live in the earth realm, not in trees and plants, but in us, in my body. What kind of house am I providing for the Holy Spirit? And I dare say, I need a little housekeeping right now. So thank you for this. I feel convicted. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm going to close this session. You know, um, it wouldn't be LTI without some kind of leadership principles tied to this, right? So I'm not sure how many of you have ever listened to TED Talks, but mm. they are influential short podcasts or videos, normally not more than 20 minutes or so from experts on various topics. And so there was this one um, from Dan Buettner, who's a National Geographic reporter, and he had an episode where he shared some key insights on how to live to be 100 plus highlighting blue zones, which are regions of the world where people live to, re to record setting ages. And similar to some of the notes that you said, Elder Charles, some of the common practices noted in those blue zones are live a life of motion and not necessarily mm. heavy exercise, but just movement. They tend to walk a lot. You know, how many times do we drive half a mile to the grocery store when we maybe can walk to the grocery store every now and then that may help mind your business okay um keep the right outlook maintain a sense of purpose pray and slow down your lifestyle mm. that was very prevalent in these areas eat wisely again many of them were pre predominantly plant-based um esteem elders they honor the aged wow. or elderly just out of respect for their longevity Never retire. I don't know how, how well I'll associate myself with that one, but they work until they die. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Worship. Every blue zone is directly connected to a divine purpose in their lives. And then build lifelong relationships with, I, I, you know, all the time you look at this one, spend time with like-minded people so mm. they remain encouraged to keep their principles by making sure they spend their lives with like-minded people. So um, we've had a few little comments from um, our, our viewers, but for sake of time, I'm going to pass it along to Dr. Green so that we can talk a little bit about a spirit. Okay. How about that, Dr. Green? Let's do it. Let's do it. So we certainly wanted to talk about the spirit and what abundance in our spiritual life looks like as well. And, you know, the word tells us that if we follow the leading of the spirit, we can expect spiritual abundance. And he talks about in the Bible, it tells us about the fruit of the spirit. What does an abundant spirit look like? And it looks like in Galatians 5, 
and I like the Karen, even what you said before around a lot of it. So a super amount of love, mm. joy, peace, mm. patience, kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So if we live a spirit-led life, we can expect spiritual abundance in our life. Amen. Lots of love, lots of peace. And to your point, enough that we have to give away to others, right? Mm. We were so full of it. We're so abundant that we can give it away to others. So, you know, what it made me think about is what does it mean to be spirit-led? And every day, this is what I was saying, every day we have lots of choices we have to make and we can make. You know, we have free will. And in those choices, we have the option of choosing a spirit-led choice or a flesh-led choice. Right? And, and the Bible tells us that those two things are in conflict. So Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says, So I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. <laughs> right, so you are not to do whatever you want, which tells me already my first answer, my first choice may not be the right choice. <laughs> That's whatever you want. And then Galatians 6 says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever mm. a man sows, he will also reap. Amen. So if we want spiritual abundance in our life, we have to make spirit-led choices. And the more choices we make that are led by the spirit, the more abundance we will bring into mm. our life. God's already done it, right? He's already done everything. It's there for us. But in our choices, we bring that into our life. So I was thinking about some of the choices we have to make every day. I'll just mention a few. And then I'm going to ask you all, what is it you do? What helps you to make spirit-led choices instead of flesh-led choices? Like, what is it that actually practically helps you to do that? But here's some things you may have to make choices on. Um, as pastor taught us on Sunday, what to say or not to say, kind of setting the guard over your mouth. Do you make this call or not? Do you help a coworker or not? Do you check in on someone or not? How you respond to your children's teachers, you know, when Maybe the teachers or counselors aren't responding like you want to. <laughs> How do you respond to your manager when maybe you don't work for the, who you think might be the best manager there is? Should you make that Amazon purchase or not? <laughs> which Kelvin might have a point on that for me recently. <laughs> which apartment do you rent? Where do you live? Who do you date? Who do you marry? Oh, All cool. those are choices you have to make. And we have a choice on a spirit-led choice or a flesh-led choice. And those choices are going to lead to different outcomes, mm. right? If we make a flesh-led choice, then the devil comes to steal, kill, mm. and destroy. Mm. We're giving mm. opening mm. for him to come and take from our life. Mm. Whereas if we make a spirit-led choice, we're opening up abundance, things that are going to come to us, the more abundant life we talked about. So let me ask you all, and then also everyone online, what helps you to make more spirit-led choices during the day? So when you're going through your day, what is it that helps you to kind of be led by the spirit? Well, I would just say a prayer life, you know, because um, when you put God before everything, any decision that you're making, any statement that you have to make, um, it gives you that Christ-like spirit to be able to respond like Christ. 
Mm -hmm. um, so many times I find myself now just stopping and praying before proceeding or moving forward and praying about it. You know, actually, you know, to, to come back to, it kind of happened to me on Sunday um, after, even after listening to your sermon on Sunday, Pastor. So, you know, there, an incident, you know, when those frustration points or those, you know, nerves get hit a little bit, you just tend to let that flesh come in and just start to spew out and words were coming out, you know, not bad words, because, you know, I'm that quiet, timid one, but words that I should have been more conscious of in terms of what I was saying. And I literally stopped and I said, wait a minute, mm, Pastor, word day. I was like, just close your mouth, Karen, shut your mouth. But you know, the fact that your word was brought back to my mind, you know, we have to constantly be in the word. Mm -hmm. And because and the more you're in the word, the more you practice it, the more it immediately will come to you in instances like that, where the flesh is trying to take over. So prayer life and staying in the word. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree to to be able to bridle your tongue, uh, for me, starts with if I don't get my morning meditation, if I don't get some word early in the morning, then my day may just go and it'll be late afternoon before I realize that I didn't, I didn't pray or I didn't meditate, I didn't read the word of God. So I've got to do that early to kind of set the foundation for my day, to help me stay focused on, on God and to seek him in those decisions, to thank him for, for safe passage to and from, to thank him for you know, protecting my children who are away. So I have to do that early so that I can make those spirit-led choices. It helps me to remember that abundant life ultimately is eternal life that starts here on the earth realm and continues forever. Um, characterized by what Dr. Green said earlier, Galatians 5, 22 through 23, the fruit of the spirit. And with abundant life being ultimately, literally eternal life that, that doesn't start when we leave here, it's already started. John 17, three says, this is eternal life, that they may know you. And, and this will be you know, the source of, of abundant living, that they may know you. The only true God is what Jesus said and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. John, 1 John 5, 11 through 13. And the testimony is this, that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son, whom uh, he who's, who the son <laughs> has the life. He who has the son has the life. Verse 12 literally says, he who has the son has the life. What life? Abundant life. Then it says, he who does not have the Son of God, the Bible says, does not have the life. Verse 13, these things I've written to you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. You have the life all kind of stuff comes up during the day for everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, there must be, I, I use this often, um, a deacon from my church from years back, who's a golf, you know, monster, uh, Eric Williams. He has a thing he calls the swing thought. And I heard him talking about it one time. He said, well, 
for every type of swing I do on the golf course, whether it be, not that I know all this stuff, y'all, but I just heard these words. And that, whether it's the, the, the bunker or the fairway or the putting green, let me stop there. He said, mm -hmm. I'll have a thought before I swing. And that thought, he said, causes his body to align and adjust the, the very, the muscles align and adjust. And it causes him to get in a posture to make the most of that swing. And I'm getting, gaining in swing thoughts during the day. Mm. When stuff comes up, I have a knee-jerk reaction. Make no mistake about it. But I thank God that I'm growing. First of all, I know I need a swing thought. I need something to get up in here and help me from doing what I, uh, you know, what I have a propensity to do. Um, but then I'm learning to, to lean to it. And so instead of doing or saying it, God is raising up these swing thoughts. And that's, that's the spirit, the abundant life in the spirit, in my opinion, consists of Bible-based swing thoughts during the run of a day. <laughs> it helps you do better coming out the bunker than you did last week. Put a little bit better when you're talking to your wife than you did week before last. Get that driver going out the gate before you go into the meeting than you did the last week. And the more we practice his swing thoughts, the better we'll swing and the more abundant life we'll lead. Amen. Love Some that. of our life-changing nation says, Brandy uh, Brooks says, start the day with prayer and meditation. Mm. Be intentional before I start the day. Uh, Byron Jackson says, the book of James talks about that tongue, LOL. <laughs> German Fitz says, recognize when the flesh is throwing a fit, call on Jesus to help oh, bring it under subjection. <laughs> Keep it real. <laughs> right? Uh, Courtney Bill says, oh, my God, the word. And since Satan comes to immediately steal the word, I have to constantly go to it all day. I have to pay attention to speak slowly to keep control of my mouth. Mm. Yes. Yeah, so um, so we're, we're coming close to our, our time here. But before we go, we do have a challenge for you, Life Changing Nation. We've talked about abundant living in mind, body, and spirit and having balance in all aspects of life, continuously seeking to improve each and every area without letting one lag behind the other. We have to put on our armor or shield of God and make sure we're prepared for battles. So we wanna know from you, are you living the abundant life with your mind, body, and spirit? What is your battle plan to achieve abundant living? And what are some things you need to do today to start living more abundantly? You can feel free to add your personal battle plan in the comment section if you'd like. But meanwhile, um, we are going to share some insights to help you achieve victory in these areas. We're not going to go over the full slides that you see here, but we want to share a few things. So the first slide, uh, first of all, here's our abundant plan or our battle plan for abundant living. Prepare for battle. Don't go alone and don't give up. Mm. On the mind, here's some things to think about. The brain is a muscle, just like if you work out, you work out those muscles in different parts of your bodies, you have to continue to strengthen your brain muscle. Do things outside of your comfort zone, try things new, use the opposite side of your brain, your brain can continue to learn. And then there's four common sense approaches. Remember that we do have the mind of Christ, know what God's will is and do it. Know that God is the generous giver. 
never stop learning, be a lifetime student, and don't fret about the little things or even the big things. Let go of the urge to know and simply mm -hmm. trust and obey. Um, the next slide goes on to the body. Charles, you want to cover a few points on there? Yeah, just, you know, seven steps to greater health for the body that God gave you. And when we think about, we got to have peaceful living. And peaceful living comes from simplicity, comes from uh, balance in our life, uh, self-control and discipline. We want to eat pure foods. We want to eat more of the foods that God gave us. When we were created, the Garden of Eden was full of the foods, the fruits, the berries, and that's things that we were supposed to eat. And then later on, God gave us meat. Mm. Proper exercise, just moving around. Get this body moving, get it energized so that we can be the hands, the feet, the mouthpiece of Jesus Christ. We've got to drink plenty of water in our body. Our, our body needs water to actually function, to stay hydrated so that your skin will glow. Prayer and fasting, we have to cleanse ourselves, cleanse our mind, and we do that through prayer and fasting. We've got to have fresh air and sunlight. We've got to keep this body fresh, breathe in deep breaths of oxygen and exhale. And then sunlight, we've got to get outside. We've got to get some vitamin D in this body. And most importantly, and why do we think God gave us a whole day, a Sabbath day, a whole day so that we can rest? We've got to rest this body. So we have to care enough about God and ourself and those who love us to be willing to change our ways. Mm. Okay, mm. so for the spirit, um, just three reminders. One, God has provided for spiritual abundance. As Pastor said, he's given us life, eternal life. Um, he will give us everything we need. He's already given us everything we need to do his will. And he told us what an abundant spiritual life looks like. So to live that life, we have to make spirit-led choices. And then at the bottom are some things that can help you to do that, many of which we talked about. So spending time alone with God is one we didn't talk about. But, you know, the Bible says Jesus often spent time alone and prayed. And it wasn't when nothing was going on. You know, mm. he would leave ministry events. He would withdraw from other mm. people that he loved because he would spend time alone with God. Prayer, asking God to help us. My favorite prayer is, Lord, help me. I probably pray that. 30 times a day, Lord help me in this scenario and just submitting to God and resisting the enemy. Um, because that first thought as someone mentioned, that first thought is often not the godly thought. So uh, being willing to submit our thoughts and our mind and our ways to God first. Great. So um, as I mentioned, we didn't go through this complete document, but if you'd like to receive a copy of it, please feel free to email us at lti at lifechangingfaith.com and we'll make sure to get you a copy. Um, I want to summarize tonight's study with just a reflection on King Solomon. He lived a life of wealth, power, and privilege. And the book of Ecclesiastes chronicles his lifelong experimentation with various lifestyles, projects, possessions, hobbies, creature comforts. But what did he ultimately conclude about how humanity should live? If you read it in Ecclesiastes 12:1 or 13:14, he states, remember now your creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether it is good or whether it is evil. 
So abundant life is contained in the keeping of God's commandments in tandem with the grace that's supplied through Jesus Christ. Jesus came, remember, as stated in John 10, 10, as we talked about in the beginning, I have come. Jesus came to give us the means by which we can properly keep God's commandments. His grace puts commandment keeping in its proper place. So once we are living God's way, what Paul calls walking in the spirit, in Galatians 5, 16 to 25, our lives are naturally going to be abundant because we are no longer under the penalties and curses that, that's breaking the law in Acts. Our life will be pleasing to God. He will bless us now and in the life to come. So pastor, I'm going to turn it over to you now to finish us out and close us out for this evening. I'm going to close us out in prayer. I just want to thank LTI. You are such a blessing to the church and now through this vehicle, uh, at least once monthly, we can share you with the life-changing nation and you can be a blessing to us all. I was just looking again at your mission, which is equipping and inspiring others to lead like Jesus in all facets, all facets of ministry and life. Uh, tonight's teaching, just dripping with that mission and then the vision, what you want to see manifest in us. You want us to be healthy servant leaders that role model a culture of learning, growing and the building of other leaders. Thank you, Dr. Green. Thank you, Karen Abram. Thank you, Elder Charles, for giving of yourself, number one, for God's glory, and then to our benefit. Let's pray and close out tonight's session. Father, we thank you right now for, for what, what our eyes have seen, ears have heard, God, and we know that seed has been planted in us, good ground, and that the Holy Spirit is going to come and, and grow a fruit, grow a crop, oh God, that's going to be to your glory. God, we want abundant life. Continue to shape our definition. Continue to shape our understanding to be more and more like yours, focusing less on stuff and more on you, that we might know abundance, even with stuff, but abundance being the, the focal point of who we are and abundance being in you and you alone. Thank you for tonight's teaching, God. Now, as we close this time, take these words that have been planted in our minds and our spirit and do what only you can transform us, make us new and give us your abundant life. We love, trust and expect God in Jesus name. Jesus Let everybody around the world say, thank God. Thank God. And shout amen. Amen. Thank you for joining Kingdom Leadership. And we pray you were blessed by today's discussion. You can find us next week at the same place, same time. You may also visit us online to access past episodes and submit questions for future shows by visiting IamAKingdomLeader.com. God is calling us to lead in a way that gives Him glory, attracts others, and advances His kingdom. God bless you.